Okay, so. Let's do the episode. Uh, let's do the episode. Great opening chat there, buddy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, oh, do you want to try to do it uh, since my voice is shot? Or do you, you want me to just power to, through? I mean, to, to my ears, your voice sounds fine. I don't want you to, like, if you feel like you're uh, fucking oh, up no. your throat. It's fine. No, 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 no. This is fine. I've just been yelling a lot, so. Uh, if you do the last time on, I'll intro the episode, and then we can start. Sounds perfect. Okay. Last time on Shinji Akari Universe. Shinji had too many emotions in his new life of world saving, and so he reverted back to the only tactic that feels comfortable to him, running away. He goes to all the coolest hangouts in Tokyo 3, the Infinity Train, the All Night Movie Theater, the beautiful suicide cliff, which overlooks the city. A chance meeting with a cosplaying Kensuke uh, reveals to Shinji that friendship is not out of his grasp even with no mother. After being taken back to Nerve HQ, Misato tries to explain to Shinji that his life won't get any better if he can't decide that he wants something, but to no avail. Nerve kicks Shinji out and means to put him on a train out of town, but Toji and Kensuke are waiting at the station for him. Toji insists Shinji punches him to even out their score, and that miraculously breaks open an emotional barrier inside of Shinji. Misato arrives, speeding and parking illegally, in time to see the train pass Shinji by and in time for the cicadas. Episode five, Unit 00's pilot, Rei Ayanami, appears to have recovered, but she has no friends, no records of her past, and no interest in getting to know Shinji. Uh, poor Shinji. Poor All right. Shinji. You got it, man. You got down. Ready whenever you're ready. Me too. Okay. <clears throat> so, pretty interesting episode. Pretty different. Uh, uh, very fast as all of them. Man, it really moves along. I'm always surprised. Yeah. Uh, I always look halfway through the episode. I'm like, man, we have to have like 15 minutes left. And it's like, no, you have about 10 minutes left. Yeah. Uh, it's it's humming along. You're like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it, we come in on uh, Gendo and Ritsuko administering Ray's integration test for her Ava 00, the orange uh, model with the mono eye. Love that design. Uh, I think it's really cool. Thought it was really cool when I was a kid. So, so before was she in 01, I guess. And so now she's switching over to 00? Uh, I think in the manga, I guess in the show, it is ambiguous, uh, but it showed that. Uh, zero zero. Last time we saw zero zero, it was in like a state, like it was you know posed as if it had gone berserk, and they had done mm. kind of what they do in this episode. And so, but you you had mentioned that in the manga she is piloting O one. I might have been confused. Maybe it was zero zero. Yeah. There were, and there has been talk in the episodes, like even last episode when Shinji ran away, Gendo was like, nope, okay, Ray will pilot zero one. Zero one is obviously the flagship, I guess, Ava. Uh, uh, it has some sort of capability or some sort of... Gendo thinks it'll do better than Zero Zero. 
It's really weird. So there, um, there's one shot that uh, the Ava, the zero zero, it looks like it goes straight from the Ava uh, uh, raising its head and its eye focusing straight to Gendo on the other side of the glass in the office. And uh, I wonder if it sees Gendo and goes berserk. Like, does it hate him? Does it know who he is? That's interesting. I mean, there's there's speculation. It seems like Ritsuka has a theory about why it went berserk, right? She has that thing where she's like, I wonder if, no, I don't know. But I went back and I rewatched that and I don't think there were any hints. Like there's nothing that happens right before it goes berserk because it just kind of starts in the middle of this testing process. Maybe it is what you're talking about. Maybe it is. Well, um, yeah, so I think the sequence of shots is you see its head raise, its eye focuses. Maybe I'm imagining the eye focus. And then it shows Gendo on the other side. And then it shows uh, the, uh, the board lighting up and it's coming towards that borderline. So it's like either Ray loses her focus uh, or maybe she can't see him because of the two-way glass. Maybe it's one way, I don't know. Mm. Maybe I'm going crazy. Okay, I'm, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, so it raises it up. We see Gendo looking at it. Then we see this borderline thing. And then it like yells, breaks out of the thing and then we'll go straight for him. Yeah, so maybe there's something to do with that. Um, Which I think will fit with if I remember things correctly, we're, we're limiting spoilers, but I think it will uh, fit in with what I remember of this and make sense. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I almost feel like discussing this episode, like we just got to go like spoilers at this point, right? I don't know. Oh, sure, if you want. What, what, what do you think? I mean, this is one of the weird, the cool, Ray is one of the cool mysteries in this show. So if anyone's, I assume no one's watching it for the first time with us, but if they are, then uh, Ray is a really cool mystery to unravel. Well, so anyway, so the the robot the robot looks at Gendo. It goes berserk. The kind of integration fails. Um, you know, so they eject Ray and the plug. It kind of like rockets off into the corner, falls down. Gendo is concerned about her. Um, and actually, before that, right? So right before that happens, we have the giant robot creature punching the glass right in front of Gendo Mm -hmm. and he just like stands there right like he's Mm -hmm. just super stoic to the point that Ritsuko is like yo this is dangerous (laughs) (laughs) get away from this like shattering window and this like giant robot that's trying to kill you but like you know he has no emotional reaction we've kind of seen his lack of concern for Shinji in the past but then once that plug drops down he becomes very concerned for Rei runs out there, burns his hand, resting this door open. So kind of what what do we what do we make of that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's supposed to characterize her like he's treating her as he should kind of treat Chinji, like he's treating her like his own child. Um which is uh but she does not seem to look at him or speak to him as if she was his child. Uh mm. which is very confusing. But we don't really even get to see them interact much. Uh, we yeah. only get to see them from a distance with Shinji looking at them. You don't get their actual dialogue. But she seems to be chipper and 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 speaking in full sentences and meeting him at, like, his level. Yeah. So, so how about this? What if we just kind of talk through no spoilers, and then at the end we'll have a section where we say, okay, now it's the spoiler section. Just, like, skip to the next episode if you don't want to hear this. We'll keep it all in one place. Okay. Um, all right, so then Ritsuko and Misato kind of, you know, we were talking about the debate about the cause, like 
Wyatt went berserk. They say that she's being very emotionally unstable. Yeah, and they don't know why. Uh, uh, and Mitsuko has some guess as to what it is, but she de- declines to share that with uh, Misato or Shinji. That's right, yeah. So I guess they're debating more why Rei is unstable rather than why the, the thing went berserk. Right? Which is the root cause of why it went berserk, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, you, you mentioned the thing where maybe like it saw Gendo. But you, yeah, but you're saying that maybe that's Ray seeing, or maybe right. Ray does see Gendo. Maybe because she obviously has some emotional attachment to this. So then, Misato and Shinji go to the nerve base that's housing the remains of Shamshell, which is that's the the angel that they fought the last time. Yeah, the kind of cephalopod angel that he uh, stabs in its S two core, the big red glowy thing. Hmm. So that's interesting. So they're. Um, we now know, and I mean, of course you'd do that, right? There are these like weird creatures, like of course you would keep them and study them and try to figure out what's going on. Um, yeah, and this is the first one they've gotten relatively intact because uh, uh, the one before the Sakael self-destructed and completely vaporized. Uh, hmm. So this is their first close hand look at it. And they found out that angels, I don't know if they, it doesn't say that they have DNA, but it says that they have this, unique repeating pattern within their physiology which is like dna and that it is 99.8 percent like a human's dna it looks almost the same in the way that like we have most of the dna of a, a bit of a banana right yeah so so in some ways yeah maybe this is the first angel that they've done it but then this next attack they refer to as i think the fifth angel they refer means... to it as the fifth angel yeah which is the third we've seen yeah, so I guess this is the first we've seen that they've gotten their hands on and attacked, but we don't know. There's stuff that's happened before this stuff, right? Which I guess just this is during this the second impact. Or yes, yeah, second impact. Well, presumably the other two angels are from the second impact. Shinji sees the burn on Gendo's hands, and he's like interested in that, and he's kind of shocked when he hears about this interaction between Gendo and Ray. Maybe like you said, because it's kind of he's treating her kind of more like a, a daughter than he treats Shinji like a son. So Shinji seems surprised by, by hearing that. Yeah. And like, it's not my imagination, right? There is this uh, kind of bizarre psychosexual thing because, because Shinji is alienated from his father. So he doesn't really see him as a father figure in a lot of ways. And Ray gives Gendo kind of the attention and respect that, uh, Shinji wants from maybe girls of his age. And so he, there is this weird thing where he's definitely interested or attracted to Rei in some way, but he sees uh, uh, Gendo as almost a sexual rival. It's very bizarre. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So for sure there's something weird going on and, and I guess we'll get to it mm. kind of later on in this this episode. I, I guess this episode is like where that tension first really appears. So then we go to the high school. The girls are having a swim class. Ray's kind of off on her own without friends. Mm. Shinji seems to kind of now be friends with um, Toji and Sensuke. Yeah, and they're, um, they're kind of the misfits of the class, I think. Because we <laughs> hear some some girl yell from the uh, the pool where they're swimming that, like, Toji is super gross. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like the way... Well, and it's like, so we hear... 
Toji like sexualizing them, just being like, oh man, they're breasts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then the girl's like, yeah, God, every time he looks at me, I want to take a shower or something <laughs> like that. So it's kind of interesting. Like, it's like a little bit of like, it's self-aware at least, right? You know, I feel like there would be one way to go, like kind of full anime fanboy misogynist where you just have him like sexualizing these people but at least like does acknowledge that like the girls know what's going on and they're like not happy about it right yes it it, yeah it's it's a bizarre piece of work because like the show is totally canceled because of all of the fan service but it is aware that in the future it would not be looked on well it's it's a prophetic show and uh, yeah and i mean it's like an unnamed female chorus member basically right like it's not even a character expressing that so far does this pass the uh bechdel test so we have like ritsuko and misako talking mm-hmm. but i think it's basically almost exclusively about shinji and gendo they might like i guess they talk about air conditioning in that one scene only passively. <laughs> it barely it skims the line of the bechdel test it, it could yeah. do much much better and it has some yeah. times that probably give it negative points below Ultimately, when we're... Or let's get to that scene. Shinji and Misato invite Ritsuko over for dinner. And Misato prepares it. And she underwaters the curry, making it, like, I guess exceedingly spicy is the joke. Uh, because Ritsuko and Shinji are not happy with the food. Nor Pen Pen. <laughs> no, and Pen Pen, oh my gosh. He dines with his... On the same meal as the humans, which is awesome. As his disciples, he's... He's going to save the world. But right now, he uh, just has to fall flat on his face. And, and so that dinner, and then also that scene that we were talking about earlier, um, where Shinji's with Toji and Sensuke. Mm-hmm. So both of them kind of involve these people teasing him for having a crush on, on Ray. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. And I guess the boys establish that she's good-looking. You know, at least all these people interpret Shinji's actions as him being like enamored by him and he's kind of like well no no like it's unclear if he's just making that's true and he's just making excuses or if actually it's just she's the person that has the most in common with him right she's this other 14 year old kid who um is forced to like pilot these things for nerve and like he's never had a conversation with her which is his defense like pretty fucking weird (laughs) that is also strange uh, and it makes him very curious. And so, uh, uh, and his curiosity gets the better of him because Ritsuko asks him to deliver a new ID to uh, uh, Ray at her apartment, which is, you know, kind of plotty. But uh, it gives them the excuse for Shinji to go over to her apartment, see where she lives. She lives yeah. in like this huge utility apartment complex with like thousands of units. You don't see anyone else there. Presumably there are people there, but it's very, um, I put down here, do androids dream of electric sheep? Because there's a lot of outskirts buildings that people (laughs) live in and they just have tons of room because nobody's there. So when you say plotty, you mean her explanation doesn't completely make sense. So you can kind of feel the the writers pulling the strings that is more about putting these characters together through some excuse than... uh, it actually yeah. making sense. It's like Ritsuko, yeah, is the writer, is the, it's like she writes a note and is like, go give this to Ray. Yeah, I, I feel like there could be like a, a really simple fix to that too, where like she does that and then afterwards she talks to like Misato and it's just like, you know, I just feel like it would be good if they got to like know each other a little bit. <laughs> oh, actually, man, that's really cool. Yeah, that should have been a scene there. Man, yeah, you're really smart. 
I don't know. Right. Like there's just going to be, cause yeah, I think you're right. Right. Like that is just set up to have them have some excuse to interact, but, but it, it didn't really make sense. Right. So Shinji does go over to give it to her and her door is unlocked. So he goes in, can't find her, you know, really oversteps some boundaries, uh, goes into her apartment, uh, sees where she uh, lives. There's like uh, still bloody bandages because she had been, uh, she's like just out of intensive care basically a couple of weeks ago on the bed and in the trash. Yeah. Um, There's kind of like unopened letters everywhere, kind of like scattered around, you know, it kind of, it looks like the apartment of a messy or depressed person or, you know, I mean, maybe just like a kid, I don't know, a 14 year old that doesn't have someone like telling them to clean their room or cleaning up after them kind of seems squalorous. Um, Bare bones living, no personal effects except for Gendo's glasses. Yeah. Uh, You don't see any personal clothes. All you see is a uh, school uniform and, oh, and there's a, and th- and these bag were, of pills on the desk. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I didn't notice his pills. I was going to say, so those are the glasses that fell off of Gendo's face when he like ran down there to pry her out of the um, Yes. Um, and the the, something, uh, yeah, they fall on the ground and then something is very hot and they crack under the, the heat. Um, so they're broken glasses right now and Ray has uh, uh, acquired them mm-hmm. for the keepsake. It's, it's weird. I thought she just like picked them up to you know like she just like saw them and she has like a crush on gendo or something so she just like picked them up and like kept them but then there's like the glasses case too which either she went out and like got a glasses case for his glasses or he gave it to her or no, he was like over she would have gone out to get them. the case yeah she does not do a lot on her own but i feel like she just lives on her own i feel like she went out and got the case she's so like, it's like these mean this. something to her and so yeah. then she I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, though. The glasses case kind of threw me for a loop a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and she has this fixation on, I guess, anything Gendo. Cause, so uh, Shinji oversteps some more boundaries, puts on the glasses uh, in time for Ray to step out of the shower. Um, yeah. She thankfully has a towel around her, like the back of her neck, so she's technically not revealed, but... Uh, it is very inappropriate for Shinji to be where he is without having asked her for permission to be in there. But she does not seem to care about her own nudity. All she cares is that he has Gendo's glasses on. Yeah. Uh, she hyper-focuses on that. And I wonder if maybe, you know, we talked about uh, Ano maybe being on the spectrum and Shinji as a result, maybe being a character who's kind of on the autistic spectrum. Um, Are we going to add Ray to that list? I wonder, well, because there is, um, and this is, I don't know if this show is pre any of that, research and data really coming out, but uh, female autism manifests in very different ways, uh, especially on the lighter end of the scale that used to be called Asperger's. And so I wonder if Ray and her interests and her hyper-focused mentality are mm. kind of a, that kind of characterization. Yeah, so she comes forward, she uh, takes the glasses off of him, his bag gets stuck on a desk drawer or whatever, and then uh, you know he ends up falling on top of her, uh, which, you know, I mean, like, the people falling on top of each other, that's, like, a trope in rom-coms, too. But then uh, in anime, you often have the uh, the accidental boob grab, which <laughs> happens, like, way too often in anime. It's, like, <laughs> such a fucking trope. I was just watching that show Parasite. Just, like, episode... Basically, that trope has not gone away. I think that show is from, like, 2015, and the accidental boob grab is still 
alive and well in anime. <laughs> okay. Maybe a little uh, alienating for, uh, uh, if not younger female viewers, definitely older female viewers. So that's, uh, that's a definite yeah. minus. I just think it's just like a weird, like, I don't know. It's just like such a like dream fulfillment. To me, it just feels like it's like this dream fulfillment thing for like kids who haven't like touched a boob. And it's like, oh, maybe I could touch a boob like that or something. I don't know. Maybe right. there's some storytelling thing. Like it's always an accident, right? And the person mm-hmm. always does feel bad. So maybe it's just something like, imagine how embarrassing that would be or something like that. And it kind of like bonds you with like this poor whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels rapey. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's definitely uh, problematic to say the least. But like Ray, as annoying as this trope is, seems to not react. She's just like, can you get off me? Because she has things to do. She has places to be. And she immediately just starts dressing and uh, he stammers out, which should be it should be a lot easier, but I can understand someone uh, being very embarrassed and very nervous, but he stammers out that he needs to get her the ID card, but not fast enough because she's already left the room. So she, he kind of follows her, and I mean, I guess they are going to the same place. Um, it still has a stalker vibe, but yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, they don't, he doesn't walk next to her. He just like stays a good, he's really good at social distance. <laughs> he's ahead of his time. So prophetic, this show. Yeah. So they take the train in. Uh, she tries to swipe in with her card. It doesn't work. So it does kind of make sense that like someone needed to get her the card before she yes. shows up the next time. He gives her the new card, finally explains kind of awkwardly and like tries to make a little small talk with her. He expresses his uh, lack of faith in his father's work and she slaps him in the face. Which she had the right to do from the first few things she did but now that it's about gendo she's hyper focused and is able to express her outrage so, so kind of from the okay. sum of things that happened this episode um you know like him freeing her from the thing burning his own hands you know this conversation that shinji observes from his eva you know the glasses this conversation you know so is she like in love with gendo or do they have a relationship Weird relationship of some sort. Something weird is going on. So they do, Ray does a, another Ava activation test, uh, this time successful. Notably in the cockpit or the, the entry plug with her, she has his glasses dangling from some surface. Oh, I didn't um, notice that. So that's nice. her, so with that as her focus, she, oh, wow, I got to think about that. We got to talk about that movie Solaris sometime, the original Soviet film. Anyways, mm-hmm. so uh, with that focus alongside her, she does the activation test, no problem. She's got the Ava under control. I also just want to quickly remind people that she is 14. It's the thing between her and Gendo is kind of weird. Oh, um, if there is something, it's totally inappropriate, and we're going to talk about that. Also, uh, ogling her, totally inappropriate. And we're going to talk about that. Right. So, so as soon as she completes the test, then um, they get the phone call. This unidentified thing has been spotted. And we have another angel attack. <laughs> so this is uh, the fifth angel, Ramael. Uh, the name means God of Thunder. And it is, uh, its symbol is the Angel of Thunder. So it, this is the first one, the first angel design we get directly from Hideaki Anno. And I think it's the most alien design yet because it's so unlifelike. It looks like something that was constructed, right? Or 
or something that's too basic to be alive. But in it being so far away from human, it hits our uncanny valley less and is less disturbing than, say, Sakael was. It has a really strong AT field, which allows it full flight, just like Shamshael. Uh, it can, uh, we'll see this later, but uh, no surprise, it has a drill uh, ability, uh, and it can also fire a, a particle beam with seemingly perfect accuracy, uh, thanks to its S2 core inside of it being a, a nuclear fusion reactor called a torus, like a, 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 a kind of like a particle accelerator design, like a donut in space. I don't know if that explains mm. it. Yeah, so it is real innocuous looking, and as we find out quickly, it's real scary because they launch Shinji in the O1, and he is immediately shot in the chest with the particle ray. Like, it, it starts to do the attack before he even is, like, out in the world, right? So, like, somehow knows what's going on and kind of yeah. predict what's happening or, or sends things through the ground or something like that. Yeah, and shoots the beam through a building into uh, the Ava. So whatever sensory organs it has are insanely accurate. Yeah, all right. So that's, uh, that's pretty much the episode, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, that's the cliffhanger is Shinji screaming again. Pretty good cliffhanger. <laughs> I, I did think it was interesting in the, the next time mod that they have, they like specifically say that Shinji survives the attack, right? Yeah, they're like, hey, 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 don't, don't, don't worry. Nobody get despondent. He's alive. He might be injured or something, you know. Uh, I just thought that was like, you like create the suspense and then you're like, no, he's fine. <laughs> I guess you would assume that, but it just like seemed like a weird thing to, uh, to kind of highlight. Yeah. I, I've come to enjoy next time ons and previously ons, mostly from podcasts, but uh, they are kind of a detriment to television shows. Like they're good for kids or maybe it's good when things went week to week. But yeah. gosh, it is just such a glaring. It does ruin some surprises, just like trailers. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you don't want it, it's after the credits. So you don't have to watch it. So it's kind of a an optional. We still don't have a because I didn't think of one, or, or we didn't talk about. It. We still don't have a sign off. Yeah. Did we figure one out? We we don't have a sign off. We've had cliffhangers for most things. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, folks. The cliffhanger. We did not have a guest this week. So there's your cliff to hang off of. But maybe we'll have one next week. Do you know if maybe we'll have one next week? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I do have a good cliffhanger, though, which is that I was listening back to an old episode, and you were talking about, like, your pea pods and their progress. And so I think maybe at the beginning of next episode, we can have a new segment, which is the pea pea pod pea pod update. You're a bloody genius. You are a podcasting god. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> You'll, if you want to know how the Peapots are doing, you better tune in next time. Um, so speaking of that, now is our spoiler session. So if spoiler you... Session. Spoiler session. Our newest segment, the spoiler sesh. Um, need some like Skinamax light jazz. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so go, sorry, go ahead. Peepee pal pod nights spoiler <laughs> sesh. Um, so uh, Ray, Shinji's mom, right? Right? Yeah, is a is a clone. She's a clone of Shinji's mom. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wonder, and she is created through not necessarily the same process, but seemingly the same technology and source as the Avas. Like the same thing that allowed them to create the Avas is instrumental in the creation of Rei. And yeah, so Shinji's mom and thus a reincarnation of Gendo's wife, which you're like, does that make it? No, it definitely doesn't make it okay because she's still like 
14 and presumably she doesn't have all the memories of Shinji's mom, Gendo's wife, because otherwise she would feel very differently about Shinji. Yeah. Anime man, always trying to find loopholes and pedophilia. <laughs> trying their damnedest to be like, but would that be fine? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so the Japanese are way ahead of us because there's a lot of that in, um, what do you call it? I guess it's not looked on favorably, but there's a lot of that in like, Game of Thrones. Mm. So they're just, again, Japanese culture just way ahead of the time because of trauma. Yeah. yeah, Game of Thrones was more intro into the incest. And I mean, I guess, you know, so, so I mean, this is, this is at least the first thing I know of that was like, you know, kind of used cloning sci-fi technology to kind of change the, the Oedipus Rex story, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a sci-fi way to be like, what if you fell in love with your mom? Oh gosh, this does use a lot of archetypes. It borrows, I didn't even think of yeah. Oedipus Rex and it's exactly that. You're so... And there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of like Freudian stuff of them like, you know, if he has like a crush on her, then he's kind of like competing for her affection with his father. So it does and, play into that thing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and then like, likewise, then there's kind of a thing of them like, you know, like you're competing for your father's love too and your father's love is spread between you and your like mother, I don't know, right? Like it, like it turns into this very weird oh. Freudian thing. And, and I think you can interpret a lot of her actions too, like say her like not being as concerned about being naked around him or like being like, do you not believe in your father? And then like slapping him in the face when he like disrespects his father, mm. that those are almost like a thing, you know, someone's like mother might do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't remember Take how... Take off your father's classes. <laughs> Sorry, what you yeah, Do you know how aware she is? I don't... I don't remember um, how do aware remember she how is she of the whole situation. Or, no, do you, do you remember how aware Ray is of oh, I the don't. situation? Okay. I don't. Um, I, I think she at least knows that she's a clone. I don't know if she knows that she's like a clone of Gendo's dead wife. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so that will, uh, reveal itself to us too. We might read ahead. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I do remember some real Rick and Morty level cloning stuff eventually. Like, I think, I, I think we see more than one Ray. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you want the spoilers? Cause that, that is like one of the images that always sticks with me from this show. Yeah. Like, fuck. I, maybe we won't even include this cause this is real, this is way ahead spoiler, but yeah, there's like images of, uh, it's not just like a line of rays there's that but isn't there like a floating tank with just yeah. like ray parts you're like oh oh god so, so, so i think it's like a <laughs> tank full of like grown-up adult rays or like 14 year old rays just like floating there mm-hmm. and then at some point they all like yeah like break apart into like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah we got some real images coming up um yeah so so there's a lot of weird stuff going on there. And again, it's kind of one of the things that makes this like, I think potentially very rewatchable is that they keep a lot of stuff secret from you as the viewer for a long time. Um, there's a lot, just, they, they, I think they've very successfully created this weird world where Shinji is confused by everything. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of, you're just like, I don't know, like another thing happened that didn't make sense, <laughs> but they've done it with like the foresight that then when you like go back and rewatch, you know, some of it makes a little more sense or you can kind of like start to piece together theories about what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And that'll be more fun as we go on.
Okay, so that's a good spoiler session segment. Our newest segment, I love it. Um, and again, you can always send us an email at penpalpod at gmail.com or tweet us at penpalpod um, on Twitter. And I'm going to figure out how to look that up because I don't know how to do Twitter, but it's going to be great. Cool. We hope to hear from someone. <laughs> cool. Sounds good. I think we did a good job of like, keeping this one shorter. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Sweet. Uh, we'll see you next week, I suppose. Cool. Sounds good. Awesome. I'm going to stop recording. <laughs>